This is Season 2, Episode 3 of the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, we're talking with up-and-coming super trader Roland Wolf, who makes an average of a steady $1,000 per day with his trading. He'll explain how he does it, and of course, we're still giving away a laptop, computer, free subscriptions to Stocks to Trade Pro, and a bunch of other stuff. It could be yours. Take a listen. This is Part 2 with Roland Wolf. Said it's not your best, Stephen. That might be as bad as that was. It might be Stephen's best analogy. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's, it's yeah, uh, no, I, no. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a sprint, and it's definitely not. Sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you get a breakout that yeah. just goes nuts. But for, I mean, I'd say at least for me, the ones I've played, seventy-five percent of the time, that's not how it works, or more probably ninety percent of the time, it doesn't just fly. Um, and so getting that conception out of my head was super helpful when it came to breakouts. And that's why I actually stopped buying the initial breakout because sometimes they'll, you know, they can break out 20, 30 cents or depending on the price of the stock and then pull all the way back to that breakout level, um, and then dip below back below the breakout level. And, and, you know, I would easily, if I'm chasing this breakout, I would easily get stopped out, you know, almost every time if something like that happened, um, with, you know, when I like buying the pullback because you get to confirm the breakout once it's tested that level and then rips yeah. again, you know, generally it's stronger the second time. So I, would, what I kind of want to kind of move on a little bit. Sure. Here. What I'd like to talk about, I remember seeing the Instagram posts. Sykes has shared with me several, several videos that I don't know if the public can see, but you know, recount me back to this trip in Italy because I, I really saw, you know, we talk about the change in Roland's trading, but I really saw an evolution of the bromance between <laughs> Roland and Steven in Italy. So take me back there. <laughs> tell me about market mastery. Tell me about the bromance. Let me know where you guys are at uh, with that yeah. at this point. No, I mean, we, uh, so I went to Italy. Uh, Tim kind of let me know about the trip last minute and which is pretty standard it was pretty standard so i told and i was actually supposed to go to california with my wife and children and i told her look uh i gotta go to italy (laughs) so um anyway so i went there i wasn't quite sure who was going to be there i knew tim would be there and and some of his employees and stuff but um he said there'd be some other students there and so i was pretty excited to kind of meet some other traders and hang out with tim and hang out with everyone and Steven's actually like basically the first person I met when I got there. And I was already knew who he was because I had seen his uh, his YouTube videos. And uh, so I so I had an idea of who he was. And um, I don't know, I think maybe playing soccer. I've been in England several times and I just kind of get along with British people. <laughs> So, but but so un, un, we, so unlike we, un, unlike me, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> anyway, so we so we started chatting off the bat. We just kind of hit it off. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. We he asked some questions, I answered, and we just kind of. Uh, I don't know. We have uh, we both have a good time. We both like having a good time, you know, having a couple of drinks and kicking back. And so it was a, it was a cool environment and definitely had a lot of fun uh, yeah. together. And I have to say, it was kind of hard not. It's hard not to have fun. And and it, it, I mean, you were probably in the same situation. I, I was heading out there. I was like, I don't know anyone who's out there. Mm-hmm. I'm flying to Italy. I'm there for three days. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I've never met Tim before. I don't know if Tim's off-screen persona is completely different to his on-screen mm-hmm. persona. I had no idea what I was walking into. Uh, it turns out he's a total family man and his mom and dad were there, <laughs> which was a total surprise. Um, 
but yeah, so I met Roland. I was like, God, this guy's my age. Um, and then we got chatting. I was like, he knows his stuff. He's motivated to move forward. Good, like, intelligent guy, someone to learn from. Um, and then obviously, when the drinks had fun, it's hard not to have fun there. I mean, just Roland, how how mental, how mental was the surroundings there? It was just in the... Yeah, the... I mean, it was nuts. It was like one of the prettiest places ever, first of all. It was like one of the nicest countries I've been to, and I've been to many, many countries, uh, but that city was awesome. And obviously, you know, we had some amazing meals. Um, private beach. Private, private beach. Every, everything private everything beach was, I mean, the, the resort, everything was just, it was awesome. So, and it any, was, and any it was cool. Any drink you wanted. Yeah. So any we, drink and you then wanted, we, unlimited. <laughs> but then, but then the, I think the coolest part was that you're with a bunch of traders. And for me, yeah, and trading yeah. is a very solitary activity. Um, you know, you may have the chat or whatever, but I'm a very much a people person. So, so you know, for the last, I mean, I basically feel like a caveman. I sit here by, behind this screen from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I do research. I watch my kids and I research and study like that's all I do. So the chance to actually speak to other people about it, to other traders was like the greatest. The big advantages of of like the market mastery or even the, Mm -hmm. you know, the the annual conference that we do. I mean, I, I love that because, you know, it's like you see all these screen names. People have all these weird avatars. You know, it's like you don't even know what people's faces look like a lot of times. So, I mean, if you can go to some sort of, you know, trader meetup, I actually know um, we've got some Stocks to Trade Pro members that they've actually got little 10-person meetups where they, like, once a week get together and talk about stocks. I think that is very important to your evolution as Definitely. well as just your your mental well being, it is very easy to look at those. Te- you got you got ten screens behind you. It's very yep. easy to just lock into that and then and then stay in that bubble. Mm-hmm. So, and I love uh, and I love it. First of all, I love yeah. it, my little bubble over here. This is my favorite place to be. <laughs> um, I'm serious. Like I, my mom, because I'm in I'm actually in an office over here where my father works. But my mom, she has to come in and make sure that I eat. And then I drink water and like to remind me that like you got to get up and walk or something because I mean, this desk does go up and down so I can stand. But other than that, I mean, I do, you know, the day goes by quickly and I find myself sitting here all day long. And so it is cool to uh, to meet with like minded individuals and speak about something that you're all passionate about, which is, uh, you know, which I mean, I talk to my wife about it every day. And don't get me wrong. She's the best. Uh, But after the first maybe two months, she just (laughs) she's like, you know, can we talk about something else? Because I would get home and be, yeah, oh, this stock and this stock and this. <laughs> this is what I learned in support and resistance. And, and she would just, you know, and she was interested at first. And then eventually she just kind of like, Oh, that's nice. You know, how much did you make today? And I, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And that was it. I mean, so, so I was definitely uh, jumped at the opportunity to meet with everyone. And it's really cool. And I just, I just want to quickly say as well, I, I get so sick of people saying like, um, like not sick of it, but a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not getting it or I'm not there yet. And I find a major coincidence with the people who work the hardest and the people who achieve the best you, results. And I, I was just about to go there. You're just yeah, going there? Yep, yep, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and, um, and I remember Tim Sykes asking you how much you studied. And you said, well, let's work backwards. <laughs> and do you, do you remember, you, you can tell him, you know the story, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Uh, maybe. What, which story are you talking about? Um, I, like how you, like I how remember I came you up saying, with my study hours? Yeah, when, how you came up with the study hours, and you were saying, well, let's go backwards. It's so much time with the family. It's so much time um, right. researching. And just, just so people know how much hard work you put in. Yeah, so... So I have two children, first of all, and, and I've had them. I mean, I started trading after my daughter was born. She's, she's one year, one and a half now. And so I was, I had two kids trying to figure out what to do. And that's also kind of what led me into trading, but, but being a father definitely is more challenging than if I were just a bachelor who could just do whatever the hell I wanted. Um, and so, so I had to kind of be creative with my study time. Um, also, uh, I have a full-time job at first. I mean, when I, for the first six months of trading, I had a nine to five. Um, I was working for my dad, so I, there was a little bit of flexibility there, which was nice. A lot of people don't have that, and he's inter- he likes th- what I do, and he was interested in it. But um, I had to be very creative with finding study time uh, once I devoted myself to trading. Um, so basically it would involve, well, there's, there's two portions. I'd, I'd have the work day. Um, but once I stopped working, we'll kind of get into that. And so it would be wake up, uh, anywhere between four thirty and five, uh, since I'm on the West coast. Um, and then I do my preparation for pre-market, whatever during pre-market. Um, I trade all day from, in Arizona, we start at 6.30 a.m. Uh, till till 1. Um, and, then, and then I'm like a degenerate, you know, trader. So I sit here through all of after hours. I'm serious. <laughs> watching every news story that comes out so I know what's happening the next day. It's, and it's funny. Um, and you don't have to do this. Like, you can be totally successful and not do this, but that's just well, what I like to I, do. I would, I, I would argue in the beginning. Now, like, I don't do that 10 years in. I don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. But right. I think in the beginning, I think you need to do that, you know. I know I know it's helped. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I yeah, I, I talk all the time about getting away in after hours, but I've been doing this for 10 years. If right. you're new, if you're new, man. Yeah. You got to put that seat time in. You got to, you know, yeah. you got to strap your ass in that chair and stare at it. Hundred percent. And that's and what, what? I, and I'm still new. Like that's how I feel. I still feel completely new. Um, it hasn't been that long. Now at this point, I guess you could say because for quite a while I thought I was maybe getting lucky or something. Um, but at this point, I don't feel like it's luck anymore. Um, you yeah. know, I feel like I have a skill set that I can now expand on. But and I know for a fact that part of that part of the reason for uh, you know, my relatively quick success has been sit, watching every day, all day, like complete obsession. And like I said, I have to remember to eat, drink water, uh, walk to go to, which I don't even, I don't leave this office all day long. Uh, I, you know, I, I go at the sun when I get out, I'm like, Oh, you know, blinding, but, um, but, but for sure. I mean, the screen time has been, been crucial. I, almost, uh, well, not I'd, I'd say even more crucial than anything anyone can teach you is is what you see every day because the more you see these things over and over and over and over again, the more you know. With the next Clicks. time it comes up, you're like, oh, holy! You know, I've seen this before. Um, uh, there's there's some study for this, and do, do you guys know? I don't know if he's an American guy. He's an English guy. Do you guys know the the little ginger kid who sings the really good songs on the on the acoustic guitar? Oh, don't it's like him. Ed, Ed Sheeran. Don't like him. <laughs> you know yeah. the guy? Yeah, I know. Him. <laughs> 
he's a little ginger kid and he's really good at the guitar. And he got really good at the guitar because he said that he'd come across this philosophy of 10,000 hours. Yeah. And to get any good at anything, yeah. you've got to do 10,000 hours at it. And that's kind of what, what direction you've gone in, right? Oh, I totally agree with that, actually. Um, so I actually got my black belt, second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Um, and then with soccer and everything else, it's a hundred percent true. I mean, you do at a certain point, you put the hours in, you can kind of master things and, uh, same with, I play the guitar too. And it was the same kind of principle. Like I would play the guitar. I, I don't believe it. Um, I, I play the guitar. I'll, I can't believe it. I, no I would play for, so well uh, you know, but when, so what I would do is when I was traveling, playing soccer, I would, I would practice for, there we go. <laughs> Oh, I've seen I've seen Bowen Let's play. Let's sing a song together. <laughs> All three play I've the guitar. Seen make some songs up that just crack me up. I, I don't play the guitar. Well, I, I I plucked strings, but I have no idea how to play. Uh, yeah, about six we months ago, he lived some song about short sellers that was yes. just yeah, had me dying. I saw that short sellers. Can but, you do it again, Tim? Can no, you do it again? No, that's pay, that's pay per view only. So but you can, yeah, you can but, visit you can visit my Patreon account and I'll put, I'll get you that on my private Snapchat feed. Yeah, but but same th- same principle I think with anything. Um, you know, people just kind of w- want to get it. They want some magic formula for trading. Like, what do you do that's different? I just I just do it a lot. Like that's it. I mean, that's the only secret that I personally can say is that I do it a lot. I mean, I think talent does have a factor in anything you do as well um some people will get it quicker some people will have more talent and um but i know plenty of talented people who went nowhere with whatever their talent was because they didn't have the work ethic yeah i think you got to put together i mean i mean first of all talent you know you can't control that i I think Mm -hmm. you know for for instance i think you this is a compliment to you i think you have some sort of trading gene that that i don't have uh but you, you know you you can't control your talent that's something that's just there but you know the work ethic you can control and the passion you can control i think you put all three of those together i think a lot of people don't we talk about the 90 percent that fail i think a lot of people just go into trading because they want to make some money you know yeah. it's like but do you yeah. are you passionate about it are you willing to sit at that fucking like, computer 12 hours a day yep. or do you just want to make some money you know right i tell people all the time you know it, it's like yes the money will come, but it's just like you playing soccer. I mean, you were a professional soccer player, but you were playing soccer because you loved soccer. You weren't playing right. soccer to pay the bills. And I think no. trading is the same way, you know. Yep. And, and if you approach it, if you're listening to this podcast because you're trying to make a quick buck and you're not in love with trading, then you may need to revisit your goals. Hundred uh, percent, and I think it's the same with anything that anyone gets good at in life. I mean, if you don't, if you don't really enjoy it and you're not passionate about it, then what's the point? Um, I think I also think the thing with trading is it's got a lot of uh, pool. People like the idea of trading. They like the Very idea well of the markets, um, and just like you said, they they think they can make money there. But once a lot of people, you know, realize what's involved and how much work is actually involved to be successful, it's, you know, it kind of turns them away and because they don't have the passion for it. So, I mean, 100 percent true what you said. I mean, and, you know, you need I the think, passion. You need the passion I, or you won't be able to have some sort of sense. It won't carry you through the tough times. I know that. 
Yeah, I, I think you need to have some sort of sense where no matter where you are in the world, you should be able to think, oh, the market's opening now. You should know. Wherever oh, you are yeah. in the world, you should be like, the market's opening now, and I need to be aware of that at the minimum. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I mean, when I'm on vacation, wherever, it's like, I mean, I always know when it's 930. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at the point, I mean, um, I knew I knew trading was for me because I have never been a morning person ever. Like I don't like getting up early. Um, you can pay me to get up early, really, and you know I'd yeah. be late to work and stuff like that. And work started at nine o'clock, but uh, you know I mean market opens at six thirty a.m. in Phoenix, and and I'm up at four thirty, like like a it's Christmas every morning for me. I mean yeah. so not every. I mean don't get me wrong. I there are days where. Because I only sleep about four or five hours a night right now. Um, I kind of we kind of diverge from what we were speaking about earlier, but that's my schedule. I mean, four thirty, wake up, uh, four thirty to five, wake up, market all day, and then I get a couple hours with my family. You know, two or three hours. Uh, we eat dinner. I'll play with my children. They go to sleep, and then I'm behind the computer at my house. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm doing research for the next day. Um, I'm trying, you know, whatever it happens to be. And that's until about midnight or 1 a.m. Phoenix time. And that's when my wife starts texting me incessantly. uh, You know, it's time to come to sleep. This is unhealthy and and, and all this stuff. And and she's just trying, she's just looking out for me. I get it. But um, I I always tell her, like, listen, I'm like, I'm only getting older. I'm I'm still young enough where I can grind this hard and I have to do it while. I can because one day, you know, I'm not going to a want to do it or B be able to do it. Um, and so as a young father of two, you know, that's, uh, we have our third coming actually in February. Um, so, and I, and I let her know like, this has to, this is the time for me to do this. Like, you know, soon our children, when when our kids are playing sports and stuff, I'm going to want to take time off and like hang out with them and be able to take them fishing and take them hunting or whatever we do. And, and, you know, I need to get this in now while I can. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we have similar similar timelines there. You know, obviously for me, I you know I was uh, you know I'm Eastern time, but back when I started trading 2007 2008, I mean I had a business. No, I was the owner. Nobody made me get up at right. 4:30 in the morning, but I knew that I was going to be busy during the day, and I knew I loved markets and was determined to learn this. So here I am, you know, a business owner. You know, I had young kids then too, and I'm getting up at 4:30 because I'm like, I know the only time that I can spend this study time, this learning time, is when everybody else is sleeping. Because 100. Once my day starts, it gets busy. You get home. Kids yep. are, you know, you're doing stuff with the kids. They got after school activities, all of that. So, yeah, I was, you know, to this day, I'm still getting up that early because that, I think, you know, I like to say up before the enemy, but it's like, I want to be more, <laughs> I want to be more prepared than the next guy. Right. It's, and that's crucial. And I mean, with, and for any fathers out there, I mean, it's a big, like I said, being creative with your study time, especially if you have a job. One of the things I did, uh, particularly when I was working the nine to five was, I would, whatever DVD I would be watching or trying to study or even Tim's little video lessons every day, I would, I would put it, I would stream it on my phone and put it in my dash and drive home. I'm mostly (laughs) listening to it, obviously when I'm driving, but when I'd get to my neighborhood, my wife would get pissed because she'd say, what takes you so long to get home? You live, you know, 10 minutes, you work 10 Uh, minutes from there. And I would, and I would, what I would do is I'd get to my neighborhood and drive in circles. I mean, I sometimes for like an hour 
<laughs> and, and I'm serious. And, and it would go by pretty quick, but I'd be like, sorry, babe, I was watching this, you know, whatever. And, and she goes, cause she was like, what are you doing? What do you do every day? You know, she thought maybe I was like, you know, doing something bad or something. I'm like, no, I'm just watching Tim or I'm just watching certain DVDs or YouTube. And, and, um, and I know for a fact that that, that time was precious. Like, and like you said, the morning time when the kids are sleeping and even my wife sleeping, those are the, I mean, the most important times to maximize, uh, your productivity. So I tell you what, I think we got, we kind of got most of my points. What I've got, I've got a few things that I just, I, I want to call like kind of quick hitters that I'd sure. like you to yeah. like to go over and we kind of, kind of wrap things up here. Like, um, like these are the got- things I get asked a lot. So, you know, we've been, we've been telling everybody that this interview with you is coming. So uh, these are questions I've gotten on Twitter and, sure. and emails yeah. and stuff. So um, are there, do you have like any favorite indicators or what are, what are your most commonly used indicators? You know, that, that's a question I get asked a lot. You know, what, you know, what is he using RSI? Is he using moving averages? Is he using VWAP? So can you just break, break down what indicators you use? So I've tried, um, I don't want to say everything, but I've tried a lot of stuff. I mean, I've tried, um, I've tried RSI in the past. I've tried, you know, the stochastics and, and it just, uh, all that stuff just kind of confused me for the most part. You know, I'm trying to figure out what the divergence of the RSI and stochastics and stochastics. Yeah. And, uh, uh, MACD cross over the SMA 90 (laughs) and the EMA. Seriously. I mean, I'd have like, you know, exponential moving averages. I tried those and I tried simple moving averages and whatnot. And it was just too much stuff. It got, and the problem I had with using too many indicators was, the ability when you have several lines on your chart to justify anything, you know, exactly. It's funny, you know, and not, not to try, of course I cut you off again, but I say that, I say that all the time. I see so many, you can make yourself, you can make the worst stock in the world look like a trade. If you keep adding enough fucking indicators. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's, and that's what, and that's what was, that was my experience. You know, I'd be like, Oh, well it's still above the 20 broke down below the five, but, and, and so, you know, I scrapped all of them, um, for, for a long period of time, zero indicators, nothing on it, just the chart. Yeah. Um, and then actually the last, I want to say probably four months or so I've had the VWAP up. Um, that's, it's the only line on my chart and, and you know, I, and I don't base all my decisions solely on that, but it, I, it seems, you know, the prices seem to react at least in my eyes, how I like to trade, it, it works for me. So, um, it kind of gives me an idea of if, how many people are underwater and how many people are above water. That's it. Just a really simple kind of, in my mind, at least, you know, more than 50% of the people, if the price is under the VWAP are negative on their trades, unless they're obviously short, then they're sitting pretty. So that's, and that's how I use it. Um, for the most part, if I'm buying stocks, I like them over VWAP. That's, it's just really that simple. I mean, uh, if not, you, you have to think, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who have been down on this trade who are just going to try to break even when it gets up there. And that's, it's that simple. So, yeah. so I don't, like I said, don't base all my decisions yeah. on it, but it is the only indicator I use. Yes. Now I don't, Stephen, I don't know if we've ever really talked about it. What, what do you use? Uh, 
but yeah, I went through that phase as well of thinking, oh my God, I need the MACD. I, I need the stochastics I even looked at. I looked at the RSI as well. And I just scrapped them all. I, I'm also on the VWAP. I saw on a Tim Gratani webinar on the Tim Sykes Challenge, if, if it's above VWAP, the buyers are in control. If it's below VWAP, the sellers are in control. And I've always lived by that. And, and this will set you up for your, your favorite play. And I know that you like to use the VWAP as well. And hey, I, I've seen a lot of success with it. Uh, that VWAP hold scan, brilliant for, um, for uh, people under the PDT. Yep, yep. Yeah, and uh, one other thing is um, when it comes to a lot of these indicators, I mean, when you're trading the most volatile stocks in the market, um, when you're trading these penny stocks, I mean, they, you know, they don't mean shit, to be honest. Right. I mean, it's I, one you thing know if, I mean, you're, it's, if, you're, if you're swing trading some multi-month thing, then totally. RSI and might, right. but, but yeah, when you're, ta- when you're trading a 300% runner, good luck using any indicators on that. And that, and that, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and that's, so that's, I mean, that's what got me away from it as well. I mean, I was, I would watch them and they're, you don't get any indication of anything from them. I only, you know, I mean, RSI means nothing, stupid. you know, Oh, it's oversold. No, it's still gonna, it's still up, you know, whatever. It's going to go back down further. Like the whole, I, I might get hit for this, but, I, I, I might chart, get for this, but yeah, just F indicators. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> just, I'm not allowed to say the real word. I don't think I'll get in trouble, but F indicators, like I'll get in trouble for this. People will hit on it. I'm like, Oh no, the RSI works every time. It doesn't, it doesn't work every no, time. And I laugh when I see, uh, uh, on social media or something, someone posts a chart and it's got literally like 10 layers of different stochastics in the MACD cross. Right. And then on the chart, it's just a million lines. You don't even know where the chart, like right. where the candles are. Uh, right. For me, that's just a kind of bunch of bull, but... So the next I just want to be friends with people like that. Yeah. Next, next one, I, I, I'm, I'm going to let you follow up sure. with the best trade. But do you have, let's start with, I always like to focus on the negative to learn from. What uh, Do you have like a worst trade you ever made? And, and what or was biggest the, loss. Or biggest, yeah. well, or, actually not even biggest the loss. Biggest loss, no. I want to talk about like what you thought the, your worst trade was. I know for a fact what it would, well, Sino was bad, that, but that was, you know, I was still had a tiny account at the time. Um, and that was a catalyst to me actually studying and whatnot. Um, my worst trade is actually, it actually wasn't even a big loser, but at one point it was, I was on BTCS, which is a Bitcoin stock, a penny stock. Yeah. yeah so I, so I had some quite a lot a lot of success actually buying these during Bitcoin's run several months ago. Um, I grew my account quite quite well. Um, and what I did was Bitcoin was hitting all new stocks, so I just bought up a bunch of the cheap Bitcoin penny stocks, and they ended up double, tripling, quadrupling. Next. Um, I mean, I mean, I didn't catch most of it, but I caught good chunks of it. Um, and then it went to, this was a, maybe two months ago or two and a half months ago. And then it actually, so Bitcoin was hitting new highs. So I'm thinking, oh, I can do that again. Same thing. So I took rather large positions in, in these Bitcoin stocks, um, held them over the weekend. And then come Monday, it had tanked. It just it wasn't running anymore. Um, you know, it's a very volatile uh, commodity, Bitcoin. So... So I was left holding um, quite a lot of shares, and I think something like 250,000 shares of BTCS or something. Um, and then my idea, and then I, so I'm down about six or seven K on it. Um, and I decided that I was going to try to prop it up like an idiot. 
You know, I'm thinking if I throw a big enough bid up there, maybe I can get out of this. Uh, and it's not something I ever do, but it, and so, it's so, not so, something so, I'll so, do so again. You at one point trying to corner the market in a oh, yeah. shady in a shady oh, yeah. OTC Bitcoin stock. <laughs> oh yeah. So so I think I threw like a like a three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand bid uh, bid up there, and and about about. Uh, you know, it's it's a penny stock, so it was like point zero. It was it was four or five bids down. You know, I wasn't even top of the top of the bid, and and some sob filled it. I don't know how they jumped. That someone jumped it and just took me out. And so now I was holding oh. more, and you know, I think I was about uh, twelve grand down or something like that. Um, and I just held, you know, I'm like, screw it. I'm in the hole. It's obviously, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just, this is the truth. And, and, uh, I'm in the hole. So, you know, what am I going to do now? It's, it can't go to zero. Can it? Um, I think it was like eight cents or something, you know? So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ride this one out. Um, <laughs> definitely don't recommend it. Um, but I did, I, so I held that loss for, for quite a while and then it came back up and I, and I ended up taking off, I think I lost like three grand on that trade, but I would have ended up making a shit ton of money if I held on much longer, but it's just one of those things. It's like when you get down in a position, you get close to break even, you're just like, take it off. And yeah. And and, and yeah, that very important lesson, you know, again, you know, it's like, and and fortunately it did come back on you but man if you if you try you know doubling down on a loser it will almost never ever never ever 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 ever, ever work no no and that's something um that i've that i learned and that i don't ever do like it's just one of those things and i the truth was i was not trying to double down on this trade i was literally sure, sure, just sure. trying to prop trying the thing prop up a little bit yeah. which i won't ever do that again either um yeah, particularly in shady penny stock land you know it's like who just jumped like you know they jumped like four bids ahead of me and Really? It's just really, huh. uh, yeah. I, I mean, I had never even. I mean, I, you've seen you see the price. You know, shady things happen in OTCs, but sure, sure. Someone, someone straight took me out. Like, and the, I, and I think uh, I'm sure it was a market maker because I was doing it at several price points. You know, I would put it on and we yeah. get kind of close to me. I'd take it off. So, I, which yeah. I see happen all the time. And I'm like, you know, what's what jerks doing this? Well, that jerk was me that day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I learned a pretty tough lesson, but but luckily it worked out and. Uh, um, you know, I've had a lot of trades that uh, I have a lot of people who think I'm like this perfect trader. I think my win rate is 64% or something at this point or 65%. Yep. I, you know, I lose almost not half of my trades, but I lose six out of 10 trades, you know, 6.4, whatever. And, and yeah, my I, whole, I've, got, yeah. I've, got, I've got your profitly stats up and yeah, you know, winning percent. 64%, which again, I think a lot of again, people new to trading, you know, they need to realize that, you know, if you cut your losses early, you don't have yeah. to have a ridiculous win rate, you know. No, at all. In fact, you could be almost, you could be 50-50 win rate and still be profitable as long as you cut your losses. Yep. And I, so that's why it's the most important thing to do. I mean, if, if you are right 50% of the time, you cut your losses quickly, then the rest of the 50%, you let them kind of run a little bit, whatever, you know, there's that saying, let your winners run, which I don't necessarily agree with that completely. It's not that easy, but, um, but there is a lot to be said for it. I mean, 
that's what kept me afloat in the beginning, and that's what keeps me alive now. And people often ask me, like, when are you going to start sizing up? Um, I generally buy, if I'm buying a stock, for the most part, it's between, like, 2,000 and 10,000 shares max. I don't really go bigger than that unless, like I said, it's, like, a really really, you know, point, you know, a six cent, 10 cent stock. And, and that's, and I told them the same thing. Like, first of all, I'm a family man. I got my family to think about. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm right there with you. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not, and I haven't made that much money. Like, yes, I've made a lot of money with my small amount of capital I started with, but it's not that much money. It's not enough to sustain my family for the rest of the time if something were to happen to me. And so I told them the same thing. Like I'm, I'm a safe trader. Like I take safe trades um, I take my profits. I, I personally size out of any position I have, you know, uh, more than 5,000 shares or so. I'll sell a couple thousand here, a couple thousand there, um, lock in quick gains, and then just take, and that's how I personally, because people talk about my patience. I'm not, I'm really not a patient person. I'm a really impatient person. But when it comes to trading, I lock in some profits quickly. Um, you know, if I get any sort of pop, I immediately sell into it. That's the first thing I do. And I downsize a little bit and I see the green in my account. And then I, and then the next pop, I, I basically sell into every pop like clockwork. And usually my last, whatever the last sell is, it's, you know, I'll, I'll get some of it at the top. I'll get some of it at 15 cents. I'll get some in the middle. And I usually end up somewhere in the middle. Yep. And, you know, I don't take the whole move, but it works really well for me. Well, and what I, something I think, again, a lot of, a, a lot of the listeners need to realize, I mean, you talk about the amazing thing, you know, you know, again, I, 4,000 to 300,000 in less than a year, again, very, very difficult to do. But once you scale back and you look at his stats, I mean, his average net profit is $550. I mean, it's not like you don't need, and that's what drives me nuts about, you know, Twitter is a double-edged sword. You see oh, these yeah. guys. You see these guys posting yeah. fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar profits, but they don't. They don't post the twenty thousand dollar losses, the fifty thousand dollar losses. Yeah, yeah. Where if you, I mean, you don't need to make fifty grand a trade to make three hundred thousand in a year. And I mean, it's still we still got two months left in the year. You know. I think I, I think I've had. Um... I'd have to go back and look, but I've had a handful of trades that have been more than five or 10 grand in a trade. Like yep. literally could count on one hand, the trades that I've had that have been more than $10,000 and, and then could count on one hand, the trades that have been over 5,000, I think less than 10 total. The rest is just grinding yeah. and taking my one or two K a day. Like yep. if, if I get that, I'm, I mean, that works for me yep. and that's, and that's my plan is to keep on doing that. I am, I am starting to, uh, I am starting to, you know, contemplate short selling a bit, but for me, if it's not broke, then I'm not going to fix it yet. You know, yep. it's, it's working for me now. I'm the only reason I'm kind of, have been leaning towards short selling, um, is I just want to be prepared for any market conditions. I don't want to, sure. you know, we're in a crazy bull market. I mean, the last month has been nuts. Uh, the last week or two has slowed down a little bit, but the weeks before that we had 300% runners, 200% runners yeah. every day. Literally. And, that, and, and, and it, sometimes, sometimes multiple a day. Yeah. Multiple. <laughs> a day i mean yeah where you could literally buy any of the any of the runners and like leave your computer and and you'd probably be better <laughs> off because you come back and be 300 up and where i take my you know 20 percent of the move and be totally stoked with it and then watch it rip 200 more percent so i mean i mean that's the market that we're in right now but it won't always be like that and it actually made me very uncomfortable the last month um you know when stocks are running like that i get this weird feeling inside like 
you know, I'm missing these moves, but I was okay. I'll keep trading safe. But it just seemed wrong to me. I don't know. And I think that's part of my mentality of trying to uh, be a contrarian when it comes to what everyone's doing, you know? And, and I mean, if I were just, if I just started trading this month, I'd be like, wow, this is the best thing ever. And it's so easy. Um, But a lot of people will be in for rude awakenings when they realize that this is not what it's like most of the time. So, so let's, uh, let's touch on what what we, so we hit the worst trade. What's your, and again, just first one that comes to mind, what, what was kind of your favorite or your best trade? Oh, that's a tough one because, and, and I think one of the reasons it's tough for me is because, like you said, I, I'm a grinder. Like I yeah. just grind every day. <laughs> I grind out my 1K, 2K a day. And um, I have had a couple couple big days. One, um, I had one 25K a day or so that stands out to me where it was only three trades and I had a short on uh, OPNT. It was a much higher price stock than I ever trade. Um, and it was funny. A buddy of mine alerted me to the stock and he doesn't trade or anything. His mom told him about it because she was in from nine. <laughs> and, I, and Yeah, I mean, seriously. And they're going to be bought out, you know, according to her research, probably on stock twits. And um, and then he got in at like 40 or something like that. I, I forget where it went to, but it ended up dropping like 14 14 points in a day and he hit me up like hey should i hold on to this like you know is it going to come back kind of thing he knows i trade it's a friend from high school and and i you know i didn't really tell him what to do but i'm like if it were me this thing looks like it's coming down like like you know do not pass go this thing's coming down (laughs) um and and as and i shorted it i'm like as a matter of fact the next day i ended up getting short um i had to hold one more day it didn't do anything and then i ended up getting like seven or eight points out of it um between that a bounce play it was pretty much my best day but like i said there's not really one trade to me that stands out i couldn't even tell you uh i haven't had any massive trades it's it's funny you i i me personally you know, I like that answer. You know, it's like for me, yeah. I remember a couple really bad losses, but I've, you know, I've never, I, you know, I've never had a hundred thousand dollar trade, you know, like, yeah, like Sykes, Sykes has had some of these ridiculous trades, you yeah. know, I'm same way. I'm just a grinder. They all kind of blend together for me, you know? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I couldn't, I literally could not tell you uh, my best trade because there's <laughs> even that trade was lucky. Like some bu- a buddy of mine told me about it and I'm like, damn, it looks like a pump and dump. And I just got short and it, it could have ripped, like it could have gone the other way, but it didn't. And instead I waited a day and the next day I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's coming down fast. I covered into <laughs> it and that was it. But uh, I mean, yeah, like, like I said, uh, I think uh, there's something to be said for the grinders out there because um that's that's how i do it and it's it's consistent and i'm safe in order for me to make an extraordinary amount of money on a trade i also have to risk more money yeah and uh, i mean and that's just not what i'm gonna do because that's not what got me here yeah i talk about it all the time you know you 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 your goal you know obviously you like to when you when you write your trade plan you want to try and justify, okay, there's a realistic three to one risk to reward here. If I'm wrong, I lose this. If I'm right, I make this. And right. for, for me, 
to make $100,000 in a trade, that means I need to lose $30,000 if it doesn't work. I am yeah. not, I do not, that is not my style at all, you know. Oh, yes, I can would, stomach that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, it would be cool to nail that 100 but, you know, if I'm wrong, that means I took a $30,000 nick in no way. Yeah. No, no, I, I I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit worried because, I'm a little bit worried because that is kind of me. But so, <laughs> so I hope I don't end up, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the one who blows up the account. <laughs> but, uh, but... <laughs> But uh, for, just for the fun of it, though, it's I mean, time for, it's time yeah, for you to size that. up, buddy. Uh, no, no, it's going well. It's going well. But but I'm the same, though. I'm like, is this luck? And it's a bit scary to size up. And it is a bit scary to see the red go in your account. If you get it, if you get on the wrong side of it a bit early, or if I'm shorting something, I'm a bit on the, the front side of the move. Uh, but no, it's, it's it's going well for me as well. And But it's been credit to you. Eh? You you helped us a lot in the right direction. It all come from Italy. And and that, that shorting into spikes, shorting into overhead resistance, shorting gap down days, just massive, massive, massive uh Well, and, and actually, that, that's kind of, this. I think that we'll kind of wrap up with this. That, that actually is my last kind of listener request. What is your, you know, and 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 I hopefully you can pick one. But sure. Do do you have like a a favorite setup that that you know, or or maybe even you know what used to be your favorite setup, kind of when you were under the PDT, you know? Because mm-hmm. obviously a lot of our listeners are new traders, and I get that question a lot. You probably get it. Stephen probably gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that one setup I should be looking for? So if under PDT, it's the overnight hold. I mean, that, that was my bread and butter. Um, and the way I would go about it was just look at the percent gainers, um, particularly if, you, if you're working during the day, too. It's the only way to go about it because I know a lot of people who will try to catch some sort of move in the morning and then hold it overnight. And like I said, it's just a very low odds game, that is. So it would just be overnight holds, large percent gainers, hopefully a catalyst. Um, I would look for something with not too much overhead resistance. That's, you know, in other words, it has some room to run at least on the chart. Um, and, and keep it really simple. You know, if it's, if it's, if that's how simple I kept it, it was literally that simple. And if it was closing by ties, Oh, first green day too. That was my other, uh, pretty much requirement was that it was the first green day. I would nice. rarely buy the second green day. Um, but first green day closing out of ties catalyst, like that's how simple I kept it. If that, if it met those requirements, then I would take a position, hold it overnight. If there were a couple of them sometimes, and I had enough, you know, money and they were cheap enough, I would take two positions if I needed to. Uh, but the, that would be a max. Um, and that, I mean, that's that's how I grew my account initially. Um, one other thing about PDT is, and here's what I did actually, is I, at E-Trade, I opened an account uh, for myself initially. Right. And then since I'm married, this was an advantage actually, you know, not too many advantages to being married and being, a, you know, when you're learning a trade. <laughs> Um, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this, but, um, but, but, uh, I opened a joint account with my wife. And so now I had two, I had two E-Trade accounts, both under the same username. And I, so that gave me six day trades. I was able to transfer freely between the two, um, that gave me six day trades a week, which was also helpful. Not that you even need that, but it did give, give me a little bit extra room to cut losses on certain trades if I needed. And then eventually, uh, 
eventually I opened one for her too. So I had three accounts at E-Trade and nine day trades a week. Yeah, that's and, kind of I, – I, I've always kind of referred to that as the as the Tim Grittani method. I think he was one it, of the – It's the only way. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, just for the listeners that know – you know, we talk about the PDT a lot, but just a random bit of trivia is the PDT is in, enforced on each account, not each individual. So right. um, you could have accounts at multiple brokerage firms or like Roland did with the joint accounts. So, yeah, those three trips are per account, not per trader. So, right. Yeah. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, a couple times... Uh, actually, one time on one of my accounts, I actually violated the PDT rule, um, and it was it was put under restriction for 90 days. But I still had two accounts left, so it wasn't even a big deal. And then if I wanted to, you know, have a cash position or something, I could still trade. But but yeah, that, I mean, when it comes to setups, like I said, uh, overnight holds are golden, and if you can get that game going. Um, Risk. I mean, yeah, there's some risk to holding overnight, but if you've done, if you know, for the most part, it can work out. Uh, in a, in a good fashion if you're, um, you know, if it meets those requirements. I mean, you don't want to just be buying anything and holding overnight. And I mean, you just have to have a very strict set of requirements, follow them, and then do it like clockwork every single day. And that's what I did. And next thing I knew, I was over PDT. So maybe maybe let's summarize this. So it's first yeah, I was gonna say, day, since it it's, must have a catalyst. Yes. It's got to have volume, and it's got to have no overhead resistance. That's so these are the four so, things. Sounds, right? like, so these... sounds like season one of the Steady Trade podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I mean... So people need to write this down. It's that simple. There's It's not magic. It's that simple. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, I opened a Fidelity account, I believe. Yeah, Fidelity. This was about four or five months ago, and I was th- my idea was to put 5K in there and just kind of grow it slowly for my children um yeah and it was kind of a cool experience because it put me back under pdt in one of my accounts and nice. so i had to uh it kind of put me i was over trading a bit at the time and it put me back in that mindset it's a really good mindset to have even if you're not under pdt you know pick very quality setups um and and stick to those and i actually grew that account from five to about 30 in about three weeks nice. and Obviously, it's a little different. I was it was like all in trades and whatnot, and I knew I had capital to to re yeah. to to put it back in if need be. But it's possible. Like it's not it's not magic. And all I was doing was overnight holds, like over and over and but over it, again. But it's crazy though, because it's just one setup repeated over and over and over again. And it's crazy. I mean, we may as well all go around and say what's what's your favorite setup. And for me, I was completely inconsistent, completely losing all of the time. And then I just started tracking on an Excel stocks that gap up that have terrible long-term charts and shorting into spikes on them if there's not a good catalyst. So I'm doing kind of the opposite to you. And all of a sudden, you win and win and win and win and win and consistently think, well, I'm just going to do this over and over to get over PDT. Well, and, 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 and that's that, what I'm doing. Yeah, so I'm like I mean, you will, but the other way around. You know, it's just, it's just again, it's like, especially when you've got that small account, you have to have that wash, rinse, repeat methodology, yeah. you know. And, uh, and it's and the I'll, most beautiful thing when you find it, yeah. I'll say one more thing. Um, maybe we include this, maybe we don't, but it's and it's not necessarily the best advice. But one thing I did do, <laughs> I'm just telling I you my story. I love, I love anything that starts like that. <laughs> I'm just telling you how, like, I mean, if, if anyone wants to know, like, how I did it. But, I mean, the... 
So you're not supposed to go all in. You're not supposed to risk all your capital on any trade or, you know, at any yeah. time. But for me, when I when I had a small amount of money, well, yeah, when how many, many shares can you buy? Exactly. You know, if, if when I uh, with four thousand dollars in an account, if it's a five dollar stock, I can't even buy a thousand shares. Um, so what I would do. And so I didn't see it as risk as going all in ever because I cut losses so quickly. Um, yeah. But I would use whatever capital I had to buy as many shares as I could uh, within reason uh, for quite a period of time until I was had enough capital that I could actually kind of d- dial it back a little bit and not have to use so much of my capital. Yeah. Um, now I use very small amounts of it, but but at first you I know, did, you know, it is what I, that's what I did. I had to, uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't see it as all in because I was good at cutting losses. Yeah, you would cut it. But for me, the way I've, you do it a bit differently for me, but my way of trying to size up is, say throw 2,000 bucks in and as soon as the trade goes your way and you're with house's money, throw another 2,000 in and then that's another way of limiting losses but still having potentially higher gains. Anyways, that's uh that's what I did. Well, and, and you know, and again, yeah, I mean, again, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, the steady trade podcast and not taking too much risk, but the ultimate reality, <laughs> you know, the ultimate reality is if you got a thousand dollar or, you know, or like you did $3,000 account, I mean, you know, you do, you, I mean, I mean, you're, you were doing different things when you had a $3,000 account than when you had a $300,000 account. Yeah. You know, that, way that, different. That, yeah. That, that, that's just the, no, the I mean, simple reality. Different. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, you have to be able to cover commissions. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and this yeah, is why sure. I, I don't even personally think uh, it really makes sense to trade with that small amount of capital because it's hard. I mean, with, it's hard. It's, yep. it's, I mean, it's possible, I suppose. But if you gave me a thousand dollar account right now, I'd have a tough time growing it. I mean, it's just a fact of life. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, with commissions, with, five bucks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it's that's a very difficult amount. I, I personally, if if it were me, I had a thousand dollars, I would just save my. I would get. It, I would keep working. Yeah. I would try to put put away as much money as possible to give myself a realistic shot at making it. Yeah, that's that's one of the one of Tim Sykes' favorite stories is you know mow some lawns, you know sell sell some shit, you know if you got a motorcycle, yeah, yeah. you got a motorcycle, you got a quad, you got a boat yep. that you never use, you know if you're yep. really passionate about trading and you got some motor, motorcycle that you ride three times a year, sell that fucking thing and you know and, and get serious about your trading, you know. Yeah, I, I mean I have buddies who have sold their you know golf clubs and yeah. whatever else it is because they want to trade and I and I have a lot of respect for that you know if, if you do have to sacrifice if if you want to make it so um definitely definitely would be well worth saving up money to trade as opposed to just taking the if you really think you're going to take your 500 dollars, turn it into a million you're a little bit delusional in my opinion yeah you you might be one out of a million yeah so. yeah not even a million i mean <laughs> So, Stephen, like like usual in in these podcasts, I spent the majority of the time talking. Why don't I, I opened the podcast up? You and Roland are buddies. I'm still just getting to know him. Why don't you uh, Why don't you take us out and and uh, you know again, Roland? I really yeah. appreciate it. Really looking forward to absolutely to know you more. Um, had a, yeah, had a me great too. time. Had a great time meeting you at the conference, and I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll get to see you more in person in the future. Yeah, definitely see you. Appreciate yeah, it. and just again, just again, maybe one final question, but really great to have you on. Great, great to know you. Great to meet you in Italy and, and in America as well. We always have a blast. Um, just to finish on, I guess it was pretty funny when when Stephen Ducks got asked uh, what was his uh, goal, what was his long term ambition, and he said rather cheekily, but cr- to to his credit, he's a little genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he rather is, cheekily he said, <laughs> he rather cheekily said, I want to make more than Sykes, Gratani, 
God, I want to make more than them all combined. Uh, so with, with that in mind, uh, what is your long-term goal being one of the hottest up-and-coming traders right now? I just want to be able to keep doing this. That's all I want. I want to be able to provide a provide for my family by doing something I love, and that's what I'm have the opportunity to do right now. So, I mean, if I had a goal, that would be my first goal, just to stay in this game. Um, I don't really care. I don't need to make more than anyone, really, personally. I don't. Um, that's not even how I look at it. Is like I don't care about the money that much, to be honest. I I just want to get as good at trading as I can. I want to be uh, as good of a trader as I can be and and that just means working hard and keep doing what I'm doing so and not just that but I also want to help people I do think it's a it's a really cool thing that a lot of people who would you know if you have the passion to do this then then I think um I mean, I know I'm so grateful that I found Tim that, that I am doing this. I mean, I would, like I said, I was drifting. I would, I'm, I had children and trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life, um, you know, without hating my job and, and, you know, being like a corporate slave or something. And, and so, you know, anyone who has the passion, I'm, you know, I love helping people and I would love to help anyone who wants to do it because, um, you know, I've had people who have helped me along the way at this point and, and I think it's really cool to give that kind of knowledge. If you have any knowledge whatsoever that's made you successful, to give it back to other people. Um, so, so I think that would be the two goals that I have would be to trade, number one, and get better at trading, and then to help other people get better at trading because I think that's a really cool cause. Nice. What about you, Stephen? Um, my, my goals um, are not too dissimilar. I mean, I, I shouldn't really say this, but my me, me background is in advertising. And I found that in advertising, I was working and I was running advertising campaigns and social media campaigns uh, for a lot of big corporate companies just to make them more money. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, so I always wanted to get in. I wanted to get in. I knew I was good at social media. I knew I could develop a YouTube channel, uh, but I wanted to get good at trading just so when I was using social media and advertising skills, I'd be using them for a better cause uh, to get people out of normal environments, working class environments like I come from and, and helping them change their lives. Only the people who really wanted it, though, if you really, really, really desperately want to change your life, I want to change that person's life because you can't change them all because it's too difficult. But for me, obviously, it was a process getting good at trading first i'm getting there <laughs> i'm getting there fingers crossed hey when you come hey, into profitability you, hey, hey when you go green i'm coming to dubai we're gonna throw a big party i'm gonna hold you to that this is oh, on uh, youtube but uh i'm i was down 4200 i'm now down about 3400 i'm about 700 bucks back uh i reckon i can get green by 2018 in the next three months i should be able to make it back <laughs> fingers crossed yeah i think and so. and we'll too. have a big party in dubai no and i'm yeah, holding you coming to dubai we're gonna nice, we're gonna man. party hard. It's yeah, gonna be no, nice. it's Thank good. You you're so doing much. good. It's uh, it's been cool. One thing I like about you is that you're dedicated, and you you haven't been discouraged by your losses. Um, you haven't uh, you know, been a gunslinger. You're doing it right. Like you know, while you're not, and this is for for a lot of people. While if you're not. Um, if you're not consistently profitable, you shouldn't just be throwing a ton of money at it because you're just going to lose it. No. Um, so definitely trading small will help in the beginning. Um, paper trading, never did paper trading when I started, but I should have because it would have helped me prior to actually using my real capital. It definitely would have helped me to see just to get used to the speed of like these plays, how fast they move. I mean, 
even this morning I was in a stock, I forget, I, all the tickers, I forget, but uh, ACHN, I think it was. But it was so, I mean, when, when the floats are small, they move so fast. Um, and it's something that you can't get used to until you've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely would recommend paper trading. Um, even though a lot of people say it, you know, you don't have the emotion, of course. It's not the same yeah. as, as your real capital, and you can just throw a million dollars down, you know, buy a million shares and whatever. But, um, but just if you're not watching the markets, you can't get a sense of what they're doing. Um, if you're not watching the stocks, the volatile stocks, how they move, you can't just jump in them, you know, like d- double, dutch, double dutch rope, you know, kind of trying to get in and out. Um, it just doesn't work like that. So double. I, I know I was supposed to be quiet till the end, but I'm, I, I kind of, I'm, I've got this, I've got this visual of, of, of you and and Stephen jump roping, doing double dutch together in like in like your little your, in Dubai. Yep, in Dubai in, in your short shorts. Yeah. Hey, your, one your, day your, your your soccer shorts, you know, real short, you knowing doing double dutch. You know? Yeah, if all goes well. And I, in fact, uh, Tim, yeah, Tim was making fun of us for that trip. Uh, you know, he was he was he said a lot of those scenes. We were. It was not that romantic. It was. Uh, nah, it was not. I mean, he was. He was. Uh, for instance, there was one. He pretended like he was taking a picture, so we have our arms around each other. But he was just taking a video, <laughs> and he's just sitting there with the camera, you know. And and uh, he he was framing it. We were framed, but uh, yeah, but, I, nah, but, but I do like the kid. He's awesome. Nah, we'll we'll have a blast in Dubai, and and that's one extra incentive to get there sooner. But yeah, for me, I, I think I can do it by December. And with the Steady Trade podcast and Tim Bonnell hold us to it now but i think i can go green by december that's the goal nice buddy cool man all right cool we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it roland thank you so much really appreciate it really appreciate your help and advice and your willingness to help others keep on living the dream i say we will not fail and live the dream and you you are the embodiment of that so just keep on living the dream and, and keep on inspiring other people thanks man it was great uh thanks for having me on guys and it was great talking to both of you as always Salut. That means hello, doesn't it? Not goodbye. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Hi, this is Jeremy from Zimbabwe, Africa, uh, currently living in Texas, and I like to clean the house while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. I actually dumped my wife's just in the room next to me, but uh, brownie points, you know what I mean? Uh, You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, Give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes like I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Zimbabwe.